Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am so thrilled that you are here today, but I would love it if you would do me a favor. So wherever it is that you are listening to this episode, I want you to take a screenshot whether it's your telephone, your iPad, your computer, whatever, and post that screenshot on your social media. When you do, number one, tag us here at A God Shift. And then number two, I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. Why? I do that because I really want to make sure that as many people as possible recognize that whatever it is that they're going through, that there is hope on the other side of that. And the more times these episodes are shared, the more likely that is to happen. So thank you in advance for that. I'm going to read my guest's bio, and then we're going to get started with the conversation. So my guest today is a native and resident of Wisconsin. She graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison with a degree in English education and obtained a master's degree in writing from Northeastern University in Boston. She is the author of God's Whispers, Your Anchor Through Life's Storms, which was published in December of 2022 and can be found on Amazon, Kindle, and through the publisher Higher Ground Books and Media. We're going to talk a little bit more during this conversation about what that book is about. So we will talk a little bit more about that later, but she enjoys spending time with family and friends, finding inspiration in nature, playing and coaching basketball, tennis, and piano. I want to welcome to the show, Christine Thoma. Thank you so much, Shana. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm glad to have you here. So let's set the stage for the conversation of a God shift. My definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but then that moves you into greater possibility because I believe that God allows disruption. You can think of disruption like unexpected circumstances, things that we didn't expect to happen, whether it was positive or negative, but we weren't looking for it. But I think God uses those things very strategically and very intentionally in our lives to get our attention. But once he has our attention, that's when he's able to invite us into what it is that he really has planned for us. So I'm curious, Christine, if you can share with us a time that you've actually had to overcome some form of disruption to get to where you are today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would actually say my whole life. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've like, how much time do you have? <laughs> I don't. I know we only have like twenty minutes, so I'll give you like one story. But I mean, I'm, when I think about it, my whole book is like, I don't know if you've ever read Tuesdays with Maury, like where they break it up into different topics of the meaning of life. And so I did the same. I I talk about like. I, I was disrupted when my best friend died at age 23 in a motorcycle accident. I was disrupted from, I thought I was going to go into business and major in advertising and be, work for Nike Air. And all of a sudden, the life intervened and God intervened when I had like this near-death experience and said, no, you're going to be a teacher. And I was like, what? And yeah. here I've been teaching 28 years. But the biggest disruptor, I think, of what I've been writing about and thinking about is the 10 years where I had 30 miscarriages. 
it was miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. Again, 30, 30. I had no trouble getting pregnant. Um, but I just we later found out like endometriosis and antibodies and possibly Lyme disease. I mean, and God led me to those answers. But that was the biggest disruptor of like just pure loss and just loneliness and anger. And I, you know, I was one of these people that when I went to college, if you worked hard, I got an A. I worked hard, I went and got the job I wanted. I, oh. I was just a very much an overachiever and anything I worked for, I could achieve. And so I, of course, on this infertility journey, I'm like, I'm going to get this baby. Like we're so close. And I went to energy healers and I went to acupuncturists and naturopaths and Western medicine and IVF and would get success. I had was pregnant with twins through IVF, but I lost them. So it was like, that was the biggest turning point for me. And I had to shift and it couldn't be my will. I couldn't control this. I had a lot of guilt, like all these other women can do this. Why can't I? And I'm thin enough and unhealthy and athletic yeah. and it, nothing I did could make me have that biological baby. Yeah. And so it, it, prior to that even happening, God had talked to me in church at age, right when I got married, like right before I was married, I was dating my husband and he said, he kind of like, well, like got the pastor at this big church in Chicago was talking about how God talks. And I was like, yeah, 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 I know, whatever. But all of a sudden God said to me, no, listen, I was like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> and it said, you are going to write this book about how I talked to you through some really challenging times that are going to happen to you. And I was like, uh-oh, because <laughs> life was good. I'm like, what's going to happen? But we know life is ups and downs, you know? Yeah. And, and all of a sudden I, I was like, okay. All right. He's like, no, listen to the formula of how you know it's me. And when I say go, you're going to write this book and it's going to help a lot of people. And you need to document all the ways I'm going to talk to you. And I was like, I just had it food for thought. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, then I got married and from age 30 to age 40, I had all these miscarriages. And the shift that kind of started happening was I had to, I had to rely on God because no one else was understanding it. I was, everyone was ticking me off on stupid things they'd say. And I and had everything like you had gone to every method that everything. you possibly even, could even flew to New Mexico to see some crazy energy healer. Not yeah. for some people that may work, but it wasn't what my path was. God was sitting here saying, talk to me, talk to me. I'm here for you. And even though I would, and I started to do that because I had no other choice. Like even my husband didn't get it. Like, and he was in his own grief process with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I really had to rely on God and the whole lesson. It was like, lessons of a video game. You learn one level and you have to learn another level and another level. So this was a whole nother level of trust and persistence, but it wasn't, I had to learn to change my goal to not having it be my goal. It had to be God's will. And I had to learn to accept that. And that was super hard. And what was really hard was God's silence because he doesn't just, you know, you seek and you will find, but he also it's in his timing. And, and he did talk to me multiple ways. And my book kind of talks about that. Like, through the Bible, through other people, through a random poem someone would give me, or all of a sudden a song would come on and the advice would be in a song. And then he starts talking me through movies. And then like nature, there'd be symbols that would just show up. And um, then there'd be license plate verses. Like there was license plate verses about um, adopt in Texas. Someone loves you. Well, that's where my first adoption was from. And like just all these signs that came together. So of course I'm documenting this for over like 10, 20 years, all these ways God's talking to me. And then finally, my life got disrupted again this year and um, with a, with a possible like um, diagnosis of a loved one that could die. And it got me motivated to get this book published and get it out there. So, yeah. Um, but I, I think 
that disruption, you know, I thought I was in control and I had to change my prayer to be, what is your will, God? And I had to learn to like, it was actually in a movie where I, I finally let it out and cried and cried. It was called Facing the Giants. And God started talking to me through this movie and it was so healing. Like, I left with this mantra in this to-do list of like, I had to give God glory in all things. And I had to surrender my will for his, and I had to trust God, but in a, in a way that like trust his plan for me, not my plan for me. And then I had to like not quit and I had to live in the present moment. And so those lessons became something I posted on my mirror every day. And I started to slowly accept that it wasn't going to go the way I wanted my prayer to go. And as time went on, God led me to adopt my two children who are now 10 and 12 and they're beautiful boys. And I see the, it's like their soul was still what I was carrying. One of them, like, I I think I carried him 30 times, like, and he was like meant to be mine. And, and so that whole disruption led me to learning to talk to God, to really listen to God, to really be patient, waiting for him to talk to me. And then it helped me write this book, which the whole goal is to help other people see the same thing. You know, I want to unpack um, a little bit of of some of what you said, because there was two things that really stood out to me when you were talking about what you experienced and what you kind of learned and your revelation for yourself. Number one, I say in my book... um, let when God is shifting us from one place to another, and it's different for everybody. Sometimes it's in a physical, sometimes it's a physical shift. You might be in a job and you need to be in a different job. You might be in a job and you need to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's in your relationships. Sometimes it's geographical. Sometimes it's in your mindset. Anything that we're putting energy into that is not on the path that he has planned for us, he's going to disrupt us because he has such strong desires for us. But one of the most important things during that shifting process is letting go. But one of the most difficult things, and I think I heard you say this, is letting go of what it is that you had planned. Mm -hmm. But this is the career path that I was going to take. This is who I was going to marry. This is the number of kids that I was going to have. This is where I was going to live. This is how long I was, you know, on and on and on. And especially women, you know, we get some real grandiose plans about (laughs) what our lives are going to consist of. And so it's one thing to have to let go. But I think it's really hard when you have to let go of what you had planned, especially when you've invested a lot of time and money into those things, because you started talking about you realized that you weren't in control. This was the second thing that kind of stood out to me is that what happens when, because this is exactly what happened to me, when I was like, but wait a minute, I've always been the type of person that I could get the idea, I could figure out what needed to be done to accomplish it, I did it and it happened. And that thing was on rinse and repeat. I had done it with businesses over and over. I had done it with education over and over. I had done it in my personal life repeatedly. What needs to be done, figure it out, do it, it happens. But what happens for those of us that are overachievers and we're leaders and we have been able to accomplish everything it is that we've set out to do. And now all of a sudden, nothing that has worked before works now. Yeah. And so I would love to hear like what was going through your mind during that moment, because you were much like myself. I've always been able to be in control. I decide Mm -hmm. what I want to do. I do it and it happens. And now nothing I'm touching is working. Like what was going through your mind? It was crazy. (laughs) It was so hard and it was so chaotic. And I, I was angry with that. And I, and I had to be okay letting him know that. And 
like, what do you mean? I can't have my way. I've prayed and, you know, and people would give me a good person. I do all the things. Like, like, I'm trusting you. Aren't I trusting you enough? It would literally got to the point where I think Christians misunderstood what trust means. Trust does not mean, yes, you'll get your way. And it, you know, Garth, I remember Garth Brooks came on a song, Unanswered Prayers. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like maybe if the shift started happening, like maybe it's just, just that song is like how God spoke to me you know, sometimes what you want isn't what's going to be best for you. And he reminded me of other times that that was true. Like how I met my husband when I had just broken up with some other guy and I was like, I'm not dating anyone ever again. And then all of a sudden my husband comes along. I'm like, yeah, you can't come and date me right now. I'm moving away two hours away to a different job. I'm never dating a man again in my life. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, like, you can't come into my life right now. I'm going to go down to this area and teach here. And now you're here right where I'm at. And like, and so I did, I moved away and we had a distance relationship for a year, but like, God just started reminding me, and he talks to me a lot in my dreams. Like, this book was mainly written at 3 a.m. when he'd wake me up and say, you need to write this, or you forgot about this idea. I'm like, fine, just let me sleep. Yeah, a little. (laughs) It got to the point where my husband was like, get this book out there, because we don't need more happening to us. But it's just, there's always more happening. But I think, like, to answer your question, it's just... You know, I started to see how God's plan was better and it was slow and it didn't happen immediately. And I, and of course, even though he started showing me that in other instances of my life, um, I, I did, I was a little like, okay, fine. <laughs> kind of like the little temper tantrum. Like I, I, I'll just like have to see how this turns out. <laughs> Correct. And then, you know, I think holding that baby for the first time, my little Beckett, like I, I literally felt like looked in his eyes and they say babies don't smile. No, he smiled at me. Like it was like this telepathic, like here I am. This I, 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 and I knew that I knew him. Yeah. That was so convincing that God had a plan. I mean, and then you look years later, okay. So my son's dyslexic and has ADHD and that's a whole nother journey of like, had I not been a teacher of 28 years, that kid would have been lost. He would not have gotten the help he needed. He would not be thriving and doing awesome at school and in life had I not intervened and noticed that. Like So just like all these little ways God has worked and planned everything perfectly, I think that helps develop your faith. And so when yeah. you get the next trial and there will always be a next trial, you can kind of look back and start noticing how God wove his way through it. And, and what I think by documenting for 20 years, because I was told to <laughs> all the ways he talked, that gave me a lot of faith too, because then I could, my husband would remind me, go back and reread your journals of how he worked through this situation and that yes. situation. And yes. that just helps like deepen your faith to like, and I'm going through a storm right now, which I haven't even written about yet, but it's going to be part of book two. And it's a pretty bad storm right now. But I, I'm now, I actually was rereading this book to get ready for our talk today. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I wrote that? Really? Like, that's like, I, it, it feels like a different person wrote it sometimes because I'm going yeah. through the trial again and I'm having to relearn what I've already written about. I'm like, dang. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. know, I preached a sermon. Um, I, my time's getting messed up because I'll say two or three months ago and it was really a year ago. So let's just say <laughs> I preached a sermon one time. I don't remember. <laughs> But the title of the sermon was The Power of Remembering. And I talked about, I I posed the question, why is it we have so many accounts of times that God has done miraculous things in our lives, times that God has worked things out in our lives, times that things have turned out exactly like they were supposed to, even when we didn't understand it. But every new time, 
we go through something, we have a tendency to go through the same tailspin mm-hmm. as if we don't have evidence. There's a song that's out right now, and um, it's by Shane and Shane. And I don't remember the title, but it's literally one of my favorite songs right now. But in the song, the the artist says, I don't know what you're doing, but I know what you've done. Mm. And I wonder when will we get to a place as Christians that when God takes us through the next thing, because you've said it yourself, God shifts are recurrent. You don't mm. just have, it's not a one and done. Sorry. <laughs> um But when will we get to the point as believers that when God takes us through the next thing, that our knee jerk reaction is to remember what he's done before and allow us to allow us to, number one, comfort us in this new thing and also recognize that we're better equipped to move through this than to just tailspin like we have no evidence. That just blows my mind. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I haven't mastered that yet. I don't know if I'll ever master that. Yeah. I mean, I'm human, but I think like, I, I mean, there's Bible verses I try to hold on to that help. And I have to remind myself to really like meditate on them. Like, you know, like in James um, 1, 2, 8, he says, consider it pure joy. When you get these trials, it's going to develop your faith and persistence. And I'm like, yeah. Yay. Okay. <laughs> this is sound fun, but okay. Like, what are you, like, you going to do with this next time, God? Like, right. Right. I mean, it's not, it's so, so much of this is like easier said than done and like the cliches and stuff, but like, there is truth to them too. Like we, like we, you know, I think it's like when you go through those hard times, I, I know like in Matthew 7, 7 and Jeremiah, sorry, 29, 13, they say, you, you seek me and you will find me. And just knowing, I think, Hopefully, like you keep going through these things enough, you start realizing God will have my back. And I'm and even though I'm angry with him for another storm and disruption, um, I, I'm going to I'm going to go to him and give it to him. And and and, uh, and I try to have that faith that it's going to work out somehow. It may not work out my way, but it's going to work out. <laughs> Correct. And I do think that that's important to note, because I don't want people to think that, oh, just because he's taken me through something before that I shouldn't have any reaction. I shouldn't have any feeling. I shouldn't have any emotion the next time something happens. Absolutely. Feel all the feels. But what I'm saying is, is that give yourself a minute to be human. Give yourself a minute to, because, because if we just suppress things, they just pile up and get worse. So absolutely feel all the feels, do all the things, but then quickly remember what he's done before and go, yeah. And the process may not feel any better this time than it did the last time, but I can at least rest assured that I'm fighting a battle that he's already won. Yes, definitely. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to share some tips and advice of how people can begin to put some of this stuff together in their own lives. Okay. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right. So let's share some advice. Christine, I believe wholeheartedly (laughs) that when God allows disruption in our life, when he allows these things to happen to us, because nothing happens in our lives that he doesn't allow, I believe that If we do some things right, 
that those disruptions can actually become a tool to make our lives better. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do some things right, that they can actually make okay. us stuck. So if someone is listening to this episode right now and they want to learn how to better shift their life in a positive direction when it's been disrupted, what would be your best tip that you would give them that they could do starting right now? Think a couple of things. And, and, and I and I know it's hard to do, but in the most pain that you're in, like really try to look for simple little things that you're grateful for. Like, you know, it's, it's common. I think a lot of people do gratitude journals, but and I, I don't think we should underestimate how powerful that is yes. to like really try to focus on what, what good has God done in your life? What do you have? And even if it's like you had great fresh corn on the cob the other day, like fine, start there. Like, and, and by doing that every day, you're, you'll start to have a little mind shift and maybe not just be so focused on that pain that you're going in. And that's not to dismiss the pain that you're going through, but to really just try to, by looking at those small moments, you'll start to um, kind of live in that present moment too, and not just dwelling on the anxiety of the future or of the past. And, and realize that everything is not bad. You know what I mean? Right. Like everything has not just gone to pots. There are right. some good things. And like you said, they may seem minuscule, but if you having awesome corn on the cob today was a win for you, <laughs> celebrate it. Because exactly. if not, we find ourselves in a trap where we only give attention to things that are major and we only give attention to things that are negative. So yes, find something that you can be grateful for, even if it's just, I'm still fogging a mirror. So thank you. Yeah, totally. And then I would say like, look to listen to God in all the ways that he talks and don't underestimate that he can talk through other people or through like that random song that comes on the radio or that movie advice. I mean, I was getting advice from Moana and like, like Frozen and it was weird, but some of those songs were like speaking to me and relating to me in some of these journeys. Um, And even like through nature, like I got random license plate stories. And so just don't underestimate that he wants to have a relationship with you and that he's there for you and he can take your anger and your pain and it's okay and you're not alone um and i think just knowing you're not alone and god god is there for you and wants you to come to him um should be reassuring yeah i think that is so good because god knows everywhere we're going to be and so he knows how to put things in front of us if you're going to be watching frozen with your kids or grandkids this weekend i'm going to make sure that you notice something in there that relates to what it is that i'm trying to get you to see because like i said in the beginning of this disruption is an invitation but the question is how are we going to respond are we going to see what it is that he needs us to see are we going to learn what it is that he wants us to learn and for many of us are we going to be willing to go where he needs us next or do what it is next that he's asking us to do. So Christina, Christina, before we wrap up, I want you to let us know, um, first of all, how can they follow you on social media? They can follow me um, in a bunch of places on Facebook. I have an author page and it's called Christine Nikas Thoma and author. And so they can follow me there. They can follow me on Instagram. It's christine.nthoma. And then um, on my website, it's christinenikasthoma.com. And then if they are interested in my book, God's Whispers, Your Anchor Through Life Storms, they can find that on Amazon, on Kindle, and through Higher Ground Books and Media. Perfect. And I'm going to make sure that all of those links are in the show notes so that all you guys have to do is click it and you will go straight there. So Christine, thank you so much for being here today and being vulnerable and sharing your wisdom. I appreciate it. Everyone share, share, share this episode. I pray that it has blessed you like it's blessed me. Go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. 
I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.